How nice to be here with you tonight. Nice to see everybody. I've been uh, doing a little posting on Facebook since uh, Wiki passed away, and uh, I started signing off. I love you one and all, some more than others. And I felt convicted about that, so I just say, I love you one and all. And so... Uh, and I, there, there was a person that needed to hear that, and so I, I corrected it and went on my way. So it's good to be here with Pastor and Sister Neelan and all of you. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. So enjoy the worship. Enjoyed my little trip in here. And <clears throat> while you're turning in your Bibles, please, to the book of John, the 15th chapter. We'll read two passages, two scriptures there. And I hope to share something with you. Uh, from the word of the Lord. <clears throat> I, uh, if I were going between every pew and up, or, up and down every aisle, I think I could safely say tonight that uh, everyone that I would interview could, could uh, uh, 99% of those that are here tonight would say that they are under some kind of condemnation. They do not feel as if they can look full into the face of Jesus uh, because I haven't prayed enough, because I haven't fasted, because I ate too much of the holidays, because I had a fuss with my wife before I got here, because, because, because. It is endless. It is endless. And it is the primary tool of Satan to use against us to keep us distanced from the one who loves us the most. <clears throat> And don't you think he knows that you're not perfect? And in spite of the fact that he knows that you are not perfect and I am not perfect, he loves us and is standing by. He is not holding us at arm's length, regardless of what you may have heard in your Pentecostal background. Um, wow, haven't those of us who have been around Pentecostalism gone through some stuff? Oh, my goodness. We've gone through a lot of, uh, well, I hate to use the word garbage, but it, it, it just is. Um, there's just a lot of misinterpretation of things. And too many of us have lived by our feelings. We lived by our emotions. And, well, I don't feel God anymore. And, well, you know, I wonder what's going on. I wonder what I've, how, I, how, I, how I've sinned, how I've failed God. What's up, you know? I felt condemned because I was fat. I felt condemned because I had too much pie. I, I, you know, I felt condemned when my blood sugar was not what it needed to be. I felt condemned when my blood pressure was not what it needed to be. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. <laughs> he loves you if your blood sugar is perfect or imperfect. He loves you whether your hormones are regulated or unregulated. He loves you. And he's standing by, waiting to help, to strengthen, to carry you into a new place. If you study the scripture uh, at all and, and do more than just a casual reading, you will see that, 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 that the, the life in God is all about increase. It is all about uh, growth. It is all about expansion. And uh, so many of us uh, 
we never get there because we are hiding behind or being held behind this, this, this fence of condemnation. And we don't know what to do about that. We, we, in fact, we have interpreted our condemnation as being from the Lord, that he is the one who makes me feel condemned because he is trying to get me to deal with something. But when you feel that all the time and you are never uh, feel a sense of relief from that, then, then you never grow. You, you're always held in a place of, uh, of, of, of it, the in-between world. And uh, how, how nice it would be if we could all just come to the realization that uh, he loves me, that no, I'm not perfect. No, I will never pray enough. No, I will never fast enough. Uh, listen, if you walk with the Lord for very long, you are going to come to a place to where <clears throat> the old tools that you have used to impress him in the past, he is going to take those away from you. And he wants you to come to a place of understanding, I love you, I care for you, I want to carry you to where I want to take you, regardless of how many days you fasted, regardless of how many hours you prayed, <clears throat> that in no way excuses us from not praying, okay? But if you live long enough, life will stack up on you and you will come to a place to where uh, you, don't have, you don't have the gumption, you don't have the emotional strength to pray as we were instructed to pray when I was coming up, which was with a lot of gusto, with as many tears as you can gather, and loud and long. <clears throat> And so what happens if you, have, if you have an extra strenuous day and you come to the place of prayer, you come to the time that you would normally pray and you have nothing to give? I don't have a hallelujah. I don't have a glory to God. My tear ducts are dry. And so you, what happens is you live in that in-between world and you just kind, of, just kind of ease away from the Lord and hope that he doesn't mind until you can get those things back, until you can gather up some fresh tears, until you can get your voice back, until you, know, you can get down there and get with it, right? And then you start coming to this realization could he still love me? Lord, I haven't cried before you in a long time. Could it be that you love me? I'm looking at folks that look like deer in the headlights because it is so different from what we have grown up to hear and to believe. And so we kind of just adopt a moralistic mode of living. I'm going to love the pastor, give to the church, be there when the doors are open, and kind of wave my hands when they sing the songs. Okay? And also right along with that moralistic thing, we are still dealing with a fatalistic approach to serving God. It's like, 
After all, why should I seek him with all of this gusto and, 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 and fervency if he's going to do what he wants to do anyway? Okay, he said to ask, but what we have done is we've taken our the asking theology and turned it to he's going to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it and how he wants to do it because he's sovereign. So he instructs me to ask, but the answers are up to him. The only problem with that is this sacred book does not back that up. The book said, ask, and you shall, well, you're still a young man, <clears throat> relatively speaking, and you just maybe don't understand what you need to know, that I've asked for things and never received them. Tonight, I want to talk to you about, that was my introduction, two things, two things to spiritual growth, two steps to spiritual growth. Is that okay? From John, the 15th chapter, verse 6, Jesus said, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, he said, verse 7, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Let's not cast out the word when it does not seem to agree with what's happening in my life. Let's let God be true and every man a liar. Is that okay? It is painful when we miss something. Especially as apostolics who know everything. We haven't missed it ever. We have all of the truth. We have the corner on truth. But the simple fact of the matter is we have many failures. In fact, many of our lives are built on failure, failing theology about God about our Father who loves us, our Savior, our Lord, who desires to embrace us with all of our imperfections, with all of our failures, with all of our bad thinking. So, first step to spiritual growth. If there's anyone that's interested tonight, here is the first step to spiritual growth. I try everything, when I read the scripture, when I study it, I try to condense I try to, I try to uh, cook it down, so to speak, until it comes into the bare essence of what God uh, is wanting to say to us. So number one thing that he is wanting to say to us, if you want to grow spiritually, number one is have fellowship with me. <sighs> have fellowship with me. One of the prophets out of this very assembly the root, the foundation of his ministry began amongst the milkweeds in the woods, hours in fellowship. As a result of that, healings were manifested. 
signs, wonders were manifested because of fellowship. Now let me talk about that for a moment. Our fellowship does not have to be with great understanding. In fact, all of us are faulty and are missing in our understanding of God and who he is. We will never, ever learn everything there is to know about him. But I come to him with my retardation. I come to him with my limited faculties. I present myself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is my reasonable service. I present myself to him. I can't tell you the, 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 the terrors that I went through to come to this, to be able to tell you this tonight. And then to come into a place of wholesomeness, a place of acceptance, a place of always, of receiving something that I always wanted. That when I wake up, my experience and walk with him is not based upon whether I slept a little or slept a lot. It is based upon the fact that I have come emotionally into a place that Jesus, you really do love me. And it is again, not that I am ignoring the fact that I haven't done everything I want to do for him. It has nothing to do with it. It has to do with him as my heavenly parent who is ever reaching for me. Always, at all times, he never ceases to reach for you. <sighs> so, the, the quality of fellowship, I, I need not feel like I have to come to him with a certain collection of words. Especially if you're tired, if you're worn out, if life has stacked up on you and has de depleted you of of, of sacred feelings and emotions that you can come literally to him and just be there. And as you are being there, if you give him enough time, you will all of a sudden begin to experience changes, changes in your emotions. Changes in your thought patterns. Changes in strength. Just by being with him. I, I sought to be with my pastors as much as I could. And it wasn't what I needed to ask them or wanted to ask them. It was fellowship with them driving them around town to their appointments and their errands, being with them, listening to them, getting up early in the morning and pouring their coffee and fixing their toast and then sitting quietly across the table from them until they, they felt expansive and they began to teach me and began to share things with me that I practice to this day. Brother D's, I, I would get up. His, his son and I were close and 
The sun would sleep on, but I thought, man, I'm going to get up and be with the bishop. Early in the morning, I'd hear him in the front room praying. And then I, I would slip in there and make sure that his coffee cup was topped off and make sure that his cheese toast was just right and then just quietly kind of sit across the table, not asking anything, not trying to drain him, not trying to do anything, just to be there with him. And, and after a little bit, he'd say, he'd say, you know, honey, and here it go. He called a lot of people honey. Honey, let me tell you this. When you encounter this, this is how you react. When you encounter this, this is what you need to do and say. I treasure those things and they were written in my heart that came because I fellowship with him. I was just there. I was on sight. He didn't drill me about how much have you prayed in the last week. He, he just, just accepted me and loved me and I got these things from him that have strengthened me all of my life. Fellowship. There have been so many times that I came before the Lord and I, I just had to be honest with him. Now I... Now through experience, I, when I come before the Lord and I don't have words to say, I didn't know this for a long time because I thought if you prayed in tongues, you had to wait till a lightning bolt hits you in church and you shimmied and shook and then you spoke a few words in tongues and that was your deal for the week. And not realizing that that tongue was yours. Paul said, I will pray. I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding. Did he not say that? So I don't have to wait on a lightning bolt. Now I spend 80, 90% of my prayer time in other tongues because the Spirit is praying through me the will of God. And just talking about it, my, my tongue gets, it goes there. It wants to go there because the Holy Ghost on the inside of me is dynamite. It's lightning, it's power, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. And I need to let that out because it's creative. Words created this planet. My God, have mercy, Jesus. And when you pray in the Spirit and with the Spirit, things are happening, things are being created. You may not understand them, you may not see them, you may not know them, and then again, you might. He might give you a little mini vision as you're praying along that way. You just pray, oh, well, this is awful dry, this is a Holy Ghost ought to be good and soaking wet and all like that. Just stay with it, come on here. Hang in there, pray through the dryness. Come on, push through the dryness. 
I promise you, I've never, I've never done that for more than 15, 20 minutes, 30 at the most, until all of a sudden there's a loosening of my joints spiritually. There is a loosening of my spirit, man. My emotions are refilled with joy. And, and all of a sudden I have words to say to him that I came there without. Because I'm fellowshipping with him. He, he is the one that sired the idea of prayer and conversation with him. I, I mentioned something in one of my little posts about friendship and that I typically have, I don't know, I migrate to friends who have a lot to say. And you may not think that I, hearing me now, that I don't ever not have a lot to say, but I'm scared sometimes. I just feel like a mute. In fact, there are times when it is painful to talk. And so I inadvertently select these people who talk a lot. And I never have to think or worry about a conversation being carried. They just do it. If anything, I have to tell them, hey... I spoke to a sister a couple of days ago and disturbed, what have you, and I said, tell me your story. An hour and 45 minutes later, I had to close the service. <laughs> I tried to close it three times and she didn't get the message. But thankfully, I didn't have to say much more than, oh, you don't say Goodness, you kidding me. I keep a little collection of... I've thought of making a little machine that you can just hold it up there and... Goodness, you don't mean that. Sell it for 95 bucks and make a million. Fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. And there are a lot of people who, uh, in Pentecost, they, they, are the, they are the praying people. They are the people that somehow manage to push through condemnation. They push through everything. Probably about 2% of the church. And they push through it, and they are good prayers, okay? And they always seem to have a gentle spirit and sweet spirit and so on and so forth. But I'd like to take you to point two. First thing that we find in the scriptures, if you abide in me, that's fellowship. And my words abide in you. The second thing, my words abide in you is focus. 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 First is fellowship. Just come into his presence. Um, it, it is good to fellowship while you're driving. <clears throat> It is good. It is good to pray in the Spirit while you're driving, while you're working. That's praying without ceasing. But there's something significantly powerful about the pause of fellowship. I am going to now be with you, Lord. I'm not perfect. I'm conscious of condemnation. I'm conscious of my deficiencies, insufficiencies. And so... I am just here before you. 
Had Adam and Eve been able to believe, I think things would have changed for all of us. If they would have not hidden but just came, just come out before the Creator and said, We blew it. We messed up. He took care of them anyway. But I wonder what would have changed for all of us if they just come clean, not hidden, not tried to devise something else, right? Because the Lord wants to take us, where does he want to take us? He wants to take us into Christ-likeness, the likeness of his graces, love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. He wants to bring us into those graces of His, those elements of His personality that, so that I can show the world Him. They can see, whoa, how can you have joy when COVID is out there? How can you have peace when these things are happening in our world? How can you be long-suffering and gentle and good? How can you have faith toward God and meekness and temperance? How can you do this? Well, it's because I have, first of all, fellowship with him. And second of all, I have focused on the need for his graces to be embedded in me, intertwined in my DNA and my chromosomes and my molecules that I become him. It is not me acting like him. You said it earlier, it is not a new leaf. It is a new life. And if we're going to save De Quincey, we're going to have to practice the new life, which is where we came from. I said, that's where we came from, Pentecostals. We came from a place of absolute deliverance from alcohol. Wham, it's gone. Absolute deliverance from every vice that destroys the physical body. Absolute deliverance from everything of this world that is not like Jesus. But then he also wants to take us into his ability. The nine gifts of the Spirit. How many of us would like to, to, to present to our world a gift of the Spirit? Come on. Tongue and interpretations. Prophecy. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Word of faith. His, his knowing. His knowing, his mind, to know his mind and give that to somebody else. And they're saying, how did you know that? Well, I've been fellowshipping with him and I've been focusing on these things. Focusing on these things. You heard me say these things before. Permit me once again. Uh, I I was surrounded. uh, uh, The prophet that came out of this church came to pastor us and It was continual signs and wonders, the dead being raised, cancers being cast out. And 
for some reason or another, you know, I kneel by my dad and I hear my dad singing in other tongues. And I'm saying, what is wrong with me? I am a retard. My mother, hear her in the front room of the house, praying, agonizing in the spirit by the hour. And as is the case, our prophet pastor could not tell anyone how. May I give you a little secret? That generation did not know how to teach. They knew how to demonstrate. Come on. It's like a mechanic that knows what's wrong with the car and can fix the car, but he can't tell Junior what to do. Huh? Is that okay? So we took what we could get. We took the demonstration and followed them around like a bunch of little puppies, amazed at them. And that's what burned in me a desire to do what I'm doing tonight. You know, the things that you hate the most is a clue sometimes to what you're called to do. And I hate the lack of knowledge. I hate the lack of understanding in the most basic tenets of who we are and are supposed to be. So I wrestled my way. I struggled my way through. I butted my way through until asking God and asking men and reading and studying and fasting and praying until I came to answers. I didn't know how to pray in the spirit at first. I didn't know how to speak in tongues. I, I wanted God to slap me in the face and knock me down and I'd come to speaking in other tongues. But he didn't do that. He did that for some of you, but he didn't do it for me. And I, I pressed through until the Holy Spirit, my teacher, began to teach me and talk to me and show me what to do and how to proceed so that I can stand before you and say, I'm sent to you. I'm sent to help you come out of the darkness. Come out of the confusion. Come out of the condemnation and live this glorious, joy-filled life that belongs to everyone that believes. I can remember when I first began to practice freedom in speaking with tongues. I thought, whew, this is awesome. And I practiced. You say practiced. You mean you just did it? Yeah, I just did it. There was a service where a young man, and, and I'm conscious of the time, a young man had wanted the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and he... Uh, was frustrated. The people of the church were frustrated and praying with him. So that night he said, you know what? Now please don't throw me out just yet, okay? Let, hear me. He said, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to speak in tongues if I have to make it up. There happened to be four Japanese foreign exchange students sitting beside him on the front row. And he came down to the front when the invitation was given. 
and lifted his hands and did what he said he was going to do. He said, I'm going to make it up and I will speak in tongues. So everyone was jubilant because he had worn them all out, praying for him and with him. And he dropped his hands and said, why are you all so happy? They said, well, you just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of tongues. And he said, that was just me. The foreign exchange students were standing nearby and they said to him, do you know Japanese? I'm a redneck. He said, why do you ask? They said, you have been clearly explaining to us who Jesus is and what you have just been experiencing and receiving. So you say, what was that for crying out loud? He spoke by faith. He acted. Come on, the Holy Ghost is there. The Holy Ghost is ever present. I will not leave you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's there at your lowest. He's there at your highest. He never, ever leaves you. How about that? I was praying with an attorney in a country church in Mississippi, and they had worn themselves out praying with him and for him. And I told him, I said, you've repented? Yes. You've been baptized? Yes. I said, do you know any words of Spanish? Well, couple. I said, say hello. He said, hola. I said, say that in English. He said, hello. I said, say them at the same time. He said, I can't. I said, neither can you speak with English and in tongues at the same time. Lift your hands and get ready to receive. When I touch you, you're going to speak with tongues. And to their amazement, to his amazement, he began to speak with other tongues. Come on. What happened? He acted on what was there all of the time. He never leaves us, nor does he ever forsake us. Focus. Focus. I want to, I want to heal the sick. Something inside of me. I want to heal the sick. I want to cast out devils. I want to speak with new tongues. And if there's anybody in town that ought to deny COVID, it is you and me. We ought to stand flat-footed and say, devil, I'm in control here, not you. And there ought to be a line of COVID patients coming through the door. Touch them. Just come into the presence of people who have fellowshiped with the creator of healing, with the healer himself, with the miracle worker himself. His very presence drives out demons and devils of every sort, kind, shape, color. Focus, come before him with focus. I, I, I am closing. Focus, what do you want? What do you want? Do you want someone to be saved in your family? 
I know a precious man who had a visitation of angels. And the angels were telling him things that happened in the unseen world. And said, listen, when you pray once for someone to be saved, the angels take off and begin to create circumstances in those people's lives that help to steer them and make them hungry. So he said, after you have prayed once, begin to worship and thank God. Come on. Amen. Do, do, you, do you have a deficiency in your body? Jesus, you're my healer. You're my healer, Jesus. You're my healer, Jesus. And I'm not going to back down from this because you are everything to me. Focus, focus, focus. Let his word abide in you. Focus. Can you say that with me? I'm going to focus. I'm going to fellowship. And I'm going to grow. Even the most timid among us tonight, after doing those two things, will there will come sudden, sudden something. They'll rise up. And you'll say, what has gotten into them? I'll tell you what has gotten into them. Jesus. Jesus has gotten into them. Hallelujah. Let's stand together, please. I wonder here, how many here tonight have a problem with your hearing? Would you lift your hand, please, right now? Lift your hand. Please keep it up. Hearing problem. Jesus' name. If you believe that Jesus is your healer, would you just come and stand shoulder to shoulder here at the front? Come on. Just come right now. Come right now. Come quickly. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, shoulder to shoulder if you don't mind. (sighs) Glory to God. Healing is here. I said healing is here. And Jesus is your healer. You believe that? Are you ready? You devil that has interrupted their hearing I command you to leave now in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, may healing flow into their ears. The anvil, the eardrum, here now in Jesus' wonderful name. Now, could you lift your hands and thank God? Come on, lift your hands and thank him. Lift your hands and thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Keep your switch of faith turned on. Keep it turned on. Don't deny it. Thank him for it. Every time you think about it, thank him for it. Anybody here tonight has got a liver problem, would you lift your hand? A liver problem. Lift your hand, please. Put it up in there. A liver problem. Anybody? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Gallbladder problem. Lift your hand. I'm going to stop with the, with, with the liver because some people are ashamed. In the name of Jesus, I bind you, devil, from hindering their liver. I command you to go.
from them now in the name of Jesus and healing flow into their liver. Anybody with a gallbladder issue, lift your hand, lift your hand. Come on, anybody. Digestive issues, would you lift your hand? Come on, anybody with digestive issues. Satan, leave them now and healing go forth into their bodies, into their digestive system, every part of it now. Be healed, be healed in Jesus' name. How about dementia, Alzheimer's, brain problems? Did you lift your hand? Come on, anybody, anybody. We're gonna pray for that anyway. In the name of Jesus, Satan, come out of their mind. Come out now and leave. And we thank you now, Lord, for healing flowing into their brain, the cells of their brain and restoring their memory. We thank you now, Jesus. How about arthritis? That ought to be everybody. Come on, lift your hand if you got arthritis. In Jesus' name, I bind you, devil. Come out of their joints. Now may healing flow into their joints. Wave your hands. Wave your hands. Thank him. Hallelujah for healing. Healing is in you because he is in you. Glory be to God forevermore. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You got something good, thankful, peppy, joyful? Let's do it in Jesus' name. Pastor.